Welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast. An important part of living an inspired life is feeling good about the purchases you make, both the product and the company behind it. That's why I happily support today's sponsor, Real Paper, the bamboo toilet paper that both does good and feels good. With Real Paper, you get a super soft three-ply toilet paper made from eco-friendly bamboo, sustainably sourced. No inks or dyes are used, and there's no plastic packaging. On top of that, with each purchase you make, you are helping Real Paper succeed in its mission to increase access to clean toilets in developing countries around the world. Get Real Paper delivered right to your door, with free shipping, by going to realpaper.com. Then use the coupon code LIVING. For 25% off. Take note that the word real is spelled R-E-E-L. Go to realpaper.com. Thank you. Today's reading was edited and adapted from Personal Power by Keith J. Thomas, published in 1917. As soon as people begin to think for themselves, they begin to doubt. They have misgivings about everything. Robert Louis Stevenson said, We are none of us infallible, not even the very young. A charming and accomplished lady once quoted that to me when I was a teenager, and I have never forgotten it. Remember that there are two sides to every question, and sometimes we cannot tell which is the right side. People who have engaged actively in politics know that a vast majority of voters hold their political convictions by a sort of instinct. They absorb their opinions from the mental atmosphere in which they live. The same thing often occurs in business, where there are endless arguments between free trade and protectionism. Now, if it is difficult to form convictions about practical realities of life, is it any wonder that certain problems which baffle us cannot be judged on any known principles of scientific knowledge? All through the ages, people have struggled with what is called the riddle of life. Those who take their thoughts ready-made from others either accept the conditions of life in a spirit of fatalism or of religious hope. Others, particularly those who live hard lives, ask themselves, why am I here and for what am I working? Alfred Lord Tennyson said, Believe me, there lives more faith in honest doubt than in half the creeds. None can answer the riddle of life for you. Only your own experience can lift the veil of the mystery of existence and show you the shining promise of the beyond. Modern life, with its rush and its stress of competition, tends to breed selfishness. The weak must go to the wall is a doctrine of self. The mother who dotes on her child and showers her self-sacrificing love upon it has no such doctrine. In protecting her little one, she develops her finest instincts. 
and the best mothers find part of the solution of the riddle of life in the happiness of their daily lives. Logic teaches us that if certain causes produce certain effects, similar causes will produce similar effects. We argue from the known to the unknown, and whatever there is in life that is baffling and inscrutable can be solved by this spirit of faith and hope, arguing from the noble facts of our everyday existence. Every piece of good work is an achievement. The person who dreams and does nothing may well ask what is the good of living, but the woman and man who paints a picture finds in that achievement a joy which teaches them that every work of their hand and brain will bring them some reward either of success or of power. The person who despairs and says they never get a chance will never get their chance because they will not go out and seize it. The millionaire creating vast organizations and carrying through big achievements by their aid does so because they create their chances. If they sat still and moped, they would be so much the poorer. If the head of any big business decided to rest on their oars, their success would soon be wrested from them by their energetic competitors, and their income would go. Rewards in life go by merit alone. They must be striven for, and the reward comes with the first effort of striving in the consciousness of a work well done. The prime object of existence is happiness. If we work merely for money, we may get some sort of pleasure out of it, but we know that when the dark angel rings down the curtain of death, our money will be parted from us, and in that thought lies the doubt that sours the whole of life. The pursuit of worldly advantage is a noble aim, but it is not the chief end of existence. The best things of life, the things which tell us surely and convincingly that the pleasures of prosperity are not everything, dwell in the states of the mind, the grasp of a friend's hand, the sound of a voice that thrills the heart, the uplifting melody of some strain of music. The joy of feeling the spring stirring in the blood. These are the things that really matter, that link us to nature, and that hold the promise of life here and through all the ages. A successful man once said to me, I would not think much of someone who has not had some great setback in their life. The person who has never tasted the bitterness of defeat and found it a spur to increased effort, has never tasted the real joy of victory. I never think of his words without recalling the experience of two men with whom I was very closely connected. Both of them experienced a sudden, sharp reversal of fortune. One was left with the bare means of living. The other lost everything. The former turned tail on his troubles and went away into the country, where he determined to live on what he had saved out of the wreck. He brooded on his misfortunes, told people that they had ruined his health, 
and though a perfectly strong man, he became a hypochondriac. The other gentleman could not have run away even if he had wanted to. He summoned all his fortitude to his aid, all his optimism, all his faith, and fortune came tumbling at him on the heels of his troubles. What had seemed a disaster turned out the best thing that could possibly have happened. If he too had run away, he would never have had that fortune, and would never have tasted the sweetness of snatching victory from the jaws of defeat. Be sure that whatever trouble comes to you, if you face them with courage, they will pass by as the idle wind and leave behind the prosperity of which they are only the harbingers. Everyone who has faced sorrow and disaster, who has came through the fires of adversity, knows well from their own experience that for every trouble life can bring, there is some greater compensating advantage. It is true that all things work together for good. The snows of winter serve to warm the earth and protect the seas that bring forth the glorious blooms of summer. All through nature and all through life, we see that the things which are gloomy and unpleasant inevitably develop into brightness and happiness. I often recall those beautiful lines, Hark, hark, my soul. Angelic songs are swelling over the earth's green fields and the ocean's wave-beat shore. But in days of doubt and difficulty, how many actually go into the fields to hear the immortal melodies of those angelic songs, those songs which are carried by every breeze to bear a message of hope to those who will listen. One knows, of course, that there have been great minds who, out of their innermost convictions, have asserted that everything ends with this life, and one must respect honest thought. But the fact remains that the majority of thinkers, through all the ages, have held that the ultimate end of all things is paradise, the land of promise, where all tears will be wiped from our eyes, and those that are good shall be happy. Quite apart from any religious belief in the life to come, it is clearly demonstrable that there is a reward for every earnest endeavor, every loving thought, and every kindly act. Why then should there be a need for rewards in a life hereafter? Paradise is not merely a state of the hereafter. It is here and now. It is in the mind and is revealed in the thoughts of those we love, and those who love us. Who that has seen their mother praying by her bedside, has not felt the angels hovering near? Who that has loved a friend has not tasted the sweets of life, and found that the world was good? Are these things visions to torment us with the unrealizable hope? Or are they glimmerings of a perfect realization of all those things which we hold dearest? If there is any virtue in thinking for oneself in the times of solitude that come to us all, surely it lies in the hope and faith that is born when we turn our thoughts to the riddle of life 
and find a satisfying answer in the depths of our own souls. The Inspirational Living Podcast is a production of The Living Hour. Get the best of our podcast in heirloom hardcover or digital ebook by visiting inspirationallifelessons.com. Thanks for listening. I look forward to talking with you next time.